the comic book pit. Okay. I haven't been able to do that in a while. I, I used to be able to do that, but now it's like I have to have the books next to me. Otherwise, I'm not going to know what I'm talking about. Although, I don't really know what I'm talking about anyways. Yeah. You know, it's just, just the... Well, if I have to pick it up and I go through it, I found I was just doing like the third grade book report. But I think <laughs> I know. I, I finally got my hands on that Goon book. Oh, good. I found it up in Williamsport. I got the last copy up when I was up there last week. It was... Did you read... Now, I, did you read the... Uh... The preview copy they sent us, or the review copy they sent us? I did not. I, I. Okay. Yeah, I, I made sure we had it because I remember you said you couldn't find it, but I didn't yeah. actually. Yeah. Oh, it was good. Didn't I actually read it. Like read twice. It. And that was a one shot, right? Or is it? Yeah, is it's it a, uh, a one or four. Yeah, it's a mini series. Well, maybe I'll give it a, you know, give it a try. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, it kind of picks up from the previous. Mini- I can tell you about it. I can tell you what you need to know, and I won't spoil. I'll just tell you why it's good. Yeah, well, well, you know what? Well, I, I guess we are we doing this? Yeah, this we're just it? getting started. Um, it's uh, Comic Book Pit 196. I'm Dan. I'm Jared. And Scott. I'm the Duke. <laughs> that was that was a creepy version of the Duke, <laughs> who will be joining us at some point. He's having some technical difficulties, um, yes. but he is he is here. We did actually speak to the Duke. He um, this is it, it's not a hoax. Not a trick. The Duke is here. He's texting us that he's having yeah issues and we do have a full house tonight, but we're just waiting for the yeah. for the Duke to get uh get his uh but, issues in order. Right. Uh but in the meantime, yeah, I um as I was saying the other week, I couldn't find uh the new goon uh Once Upon a Hard Time, first issue of that new miniseries. Uh, my local shop had sold out of it. And I couldn't get it, and I was kind of out of luck. And uh, we did get that review copy, which I'll be honest, I never got around to reading because the reason why I was on the show last week is I was drawing the Walrus book for like the last month. And uh, I did another one of those, and that's all done and wrapped up, and I shipped that off to get published. So now that I'm back and I'm free, I got my hands on this. Uh, I found it when I went up home uh, for my birthday. I got the last one at the shop up there I used to go to, and I read it. I read it like twice in that weekend. Like, I took a, a nice relaxing trip, just hung out with the folks. Nothing mm-hmm. crazy. And try and run around and see everybody for like 10 minutes. Just gave my parents what they've always wanted and just stayed there the whole time. <laughs> and I read that, this goon issue, like twice that weekend, because it was so good. What, it, it's a f- sequel of sorts to the previous miniseries, which name escapes me at the moment. But, um, bottom line, like, there had been some, uh, this like little war between like the, uh, uh, the bad guys that always menaced the goon in the town, and he made an allegiance with the mob, and 
things kind of went toes up. Then he had this like girl that he was dating and thought she was legit. Turned out she was like some harpy, like literal harpy. Okay. Disguised playing him. So the goon is all like heartbroken. His whole world's falling apart around him. And he's basically just going on a rampage, a drunken rampage of revenge. And it's the goon and it has all these like light elements that's always been there. These like wacky characters. And it's, the way Powell is balancing those wacky characters with this very somber tale, it's such a magnificent balancing act, and he's doing it so deftly that it just makes for a really, really powerful read. And I was just so impressed with it. And um, Because the Goon books kind of were getting a little meandering there for a bit. It kind of, I mean, it went away for a while, and then it came back, and it was there was like one like, light-hearted issue before it started this series, a mini-series. And that one was kind of just there. And this previous miniseries was fine, but it wasn't as as good as this was. So it's nice to see that this is elevated to a you know a higher level. It's really captivating and really strong. And so we I, they sent us that review copy. I, it's worth the time to check it out. Okay. Um, like I said, you might be a little like, just remember what I told you. Like I said, he the girl played him. Mm-hmm. And it was really that harping disguise. Because otherwise you'd be like, what the hell is going on? But just realize that is really all you need to know. And that will bring you up to speed. And then context clues will carry you along everything else you need to know. Okay. Yeah, I've, I, I've read The Goon here and there. And I've, I felt that, I mean, even though I know that there's an ongoing story, a lot of times, I, I, at least personally, I, I feel like, you know, it's a, the way the book is constructed, a lot of times you can just jump in and start reading. Yeah, it is. I mean, years ago, I picked up a one-shot, um, like Satan's Ass Baby or something like that. I forget what it was. Because <laughs> I was like, and that was, and then it was a few years before I finally like gathered everything else together. But it is kind of a series of self-contained uh, shorts with, you know, just like anything that's serialized. There's the underlying subplots that do connect back and forth here and there, and characters that carry over and whatnot. I believe it's winding down. I could be wrong. I've read things in interviews. I seem to hint that he may be closing off a chapter of the goon lore. Oh, oh, okay. So just taking a break from the goon, maybe? Well, taking a break or actually just closing off a, um, I would say I, I, he might be killing off the goon. He might be ending the goon character itself. He's talked about revisiting the universe and carrying on stories within the universe. It sounds like he might be ending the story of the character. Um, I could be wrong. Maybe hmm. it's just red herrings or he's just speculating one way or the other. But uh, it could be going that way. It does seem to be sort of like a uh, an era finality going on here. Okay. But um, I also read, I saw you, uh, I, I saw, I heard you talk about it on your little audio. I read Big Man Plans as well. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, that was... That was a really interesting book. I it was pretty dark, but it was uh uh it was very it was almost like very I I kind of misspoke. I think in my original like review, I called it kind of noirish. I I actually meant Grindhouse. It was very yes. I thought it was yes, really like yeah. really yeah really like a lot of themes of like the ex the old like exploitation movies mm-hmm. like the violence the sex um yes all which are in a book i mean it's very eric powell ish if mm-hmm. you are powell-esque 
do I mean, the, but I knew it was different when the cuss words weren't like blanked out. Like in the goon, they will it will scratch out the cuss words, and then I, I think it's like the first page of Big Man Plans, it's just boom. Like, oh, whoop, there's that's that's a cuss word. That, mm-hmm. that made it. This is a different type story. There was only and and I I forgot to mention this, but there was only one part of it that took me out of it just briefly. And I think it was in the beginning of the book, and I don't know if you remember this, but he was, you know, was, uh, so much of it, there's the the inner monologue of the main character. Right. And at one point he says, um, I'm out of Fs to give, or something like that, or I have, okay, zero, yeah. I have zero Fs to give. And I was yeah. like, that's not something they said in the 70s. That's a, that's very much a today okay. phrase. Like, at least that's the way I feel. Like I do, I do remember that. I didn't have that same reaction, but I do, I do remember that, and I do remember like it was just a little I, jarring. It stuck out to me. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was a little jarring. So it was, like I said, that that was the only thing that felt out of place, um, just from that little bit of dialogue. But again, it, it didn't, it didn't take yeah. away from my enjoyment. It just was one of those things that, about. like, like you said, it just it stuck in my, you know. Yeah, it's anachronistic. Exactly. And yeah. uh, it, maybe that's why it sort of stuck out to me too. I didn't think of it in that way, but it did sort of be like, oh, mm-hmm. um, I kind of was like, oh, right on. But it never, yeah, you're right though. And it did, it did not occur to me that that is a fairly, uh, yeah, that's kind of saying. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I just thought was, that was kind of funny. Like, ah, oh, that's that's a very that's a very today phrase. Um, so it, this was actually a you know a, a book I, I wanted to um. I'm just moving on to uh, Go right ahead. Thor Annual Number One. I w- actually wanted to talk about it last week, but my my laptop was dying and I forgot the uh, power cord upstairs. Uh, I just I cut it short. I I like I like message the Duke on the on Skype. I'm like, yeah, we got to wrap it up after this next book because uh, I'm my I'm down to like seven percent on my laptop. So Thor Annual Number One got got the boot. It got the okay. uh, you know, like if it was a talk show, it would be like you got bumped. You got bumped. Yeah. Well, it's fine that I'm here because I was curious about it. I did not buy it, but I was kind of curious because I read Chew and Rob Guillory, who draws Chew, drew what, like a part of the story in this one. Yeah, basically, there's there's three stories, uh, just three like eight page stories or nine page stories in this, um, and they're all they're all good, and I would say they actually. Maybe in order of like in order in the book, I, I would that's how I would rank them as like one, two, three, like you know, best, you know, better, okay. good, you know, just so the um yeah the and it's and it's uh, different versions of Thor in each one. Um, so the first one it's old King Thor from Jason Aaron's run, uh, like the all new Marvel now yeah. Thor. Um. What's the what's who let him in? Oh my gosh! <laughs> Speaking of the God of Thunder <laughs> and rock and roll, it's the Duke. That's right, Duke. You're you're just in time. I just started back uh, from the edge, <laughs> pushing the envelope as always. <laughs> I just started talking about Thor Annual Number One. Oh, okay. Which I don't know if you if you I... are reading any Thor stuff at all. Uh, I read the first. Four issues, I think, or three issues. Okay. So, and then I stopped. Okay. 
And did did you did you read any of the previous run? I forget. No, the, not any of the no, Jason I, Aaron stuff. No, I just was I was interested in the characters, so I figured I'd try. You know, like you know whatever new stuff they were doing, I figured I'd give it another whirl. You're talking about Lady Thor. Uh, Lady Thor, yeah. Okay, so so there's a little bit of Lady Thor in this, and there's a little bit of Old King Thor from the previous run, and then the last issue or the last story is young brash. Thor minus Mjolnir, because he has not yet proven himself. Um, that's the story that's written by CM Punk and drawn by Rob Guillory. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, the first story, The Old King Thor, is written by Jason Aaron and drawn by, if you can believe it, Tim Truman. Which is not a what? name I've heard in, like, you know... In, in <laughs> that's like, a name I haven't heard. It's yeah. so before you were before Lady Thor was born. Yeah. Um, well, you know, Tim Truman, I mean, he's been in the industry for a long time, but he mostly yeah. does a lot of, like, fringe stuff, like indie stuff, I mean, he, or, like... He was the Punisher guy, you know, like, for a long time, it seemed mm-hmm. like. He did a lot of Jonah Hex, uh, like, oh, what, yeah. like when they did, like, Jonah Hex, like, Vertigo miniseries, and... Didn't he do, like, Hawkman stuff, like, 25 years ago, and stuff like yeah. that, too? Yeah, yeah, so okay. he did, I mean, he's he has done some, some mainstream stuff, but, but like little more on the fringe of mainstream. Uh, and, he, and he's done a lot of indie stuff. Like He had his own book um, in the 80s called Scout. Oh, yeah, I remember from that. First, I think it was First Comics, mm-hmm. or maybe Eclipse. I forget which. Anyway, so he's still around so and kicking, and, and he, he drew the uh, Old King Thor story, uh, which was really good. And um, you had Noel Stevenson writing, I think, writing the... The middle story, which was Lady Thor, um, and drawn by Marguerite Savage, and the that was kind of a, a fun story because that was um, it was basically like the Warriors three hazing Lady Thor to be <laughs> you know to kind of prove herself as Thor and um, saying like okay these are the the tasks that Thor did, these are the challenges or the whatever that, you know, the, the, that Thor did. And now you have to do them. Um, and, uh, and it just goes to show the differences between Lady Thor and original Thor, uh, because, you know, Odin's son. Yes. Thor Odinson. Yeah. That's what they've been calling him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because where, you know, he was, you know, a lot of times we'll take the physical approach. There was a few things where she would just be like, hey, can I have a, you know, instead of me stealing a lock of your hair, can you just give it to me? And they're like, <laughs> yeah, sure, no problem. You know, so stuff like that just, and, you know, at the end, um, you know, of course the Warriors 3 embrace her as a fellow warrior, and it was a lot of fun. And then the um, the last story, the CM Punk story, written by, or drawn by Rob Guillory, was... Uh, Basically, young brash Thor in a uh, like a drinking contest with Mephisto. Oh, jeez! And his plan, Mephisto's plan, was that he was going to uh, try and you know slip Thor a Mickey, basically, and control him. And of course, Loki's involved, so you know, um, but you know. Thor basically drinks Mephisto under the table. <laughs> and, um, but the best is, 
you know, and you know, for those of you who are like wrestling fans, yeah, uh, this is CM Punk's like his debut, his writing debut. Okay. And um, yeah, I mean, it was it wasn't bad. I mean, it was you know, I'm, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. He he was talking. About, he was on the Talking Dead recently. Yeah, that's and he right. He was talking about that too. Yeah, he he kind of pimped he's a, a he's a pretty together guy. He is. He's really remember. smart and he's funny. Yeah. Like he was he was really well spoken on Talking mm-hmm. Dead. And I was like, wow, this is this is he's a cool dude. And I'm and I remember thinking when that book comes out, I'm gonna at least if I don't buy it altogether, I'll definitely read his story. Just flip through mm-hmm. it at the store or something. Yeah. But um, some of the drinks they came up with there was the uh, the Gamma Slamma. Which it, it's a it you know it looks like it's a green drink with a uh, little purple pants. Oh, that's funny. Uh, the cosmic ray, which the cup looks like Galactus's helmet, <laughs> and the ultimate drunkifier, and <laughs> Odin's beard, which is literally ale-soaked hair. Yeah, which is really gross. <laughs> um, it sounds like Giller is the perfect to uh, draw that story. Yeah, it was. It really was um, the right artist for the right story. And I'm—I'll be honest. I'm actually not a fan of Rob Guillory stuff. You know, I've read a few issues of Chew, and it's just that style is just not for me. And I and I, I appreciate that it's right for the story of Chew, but it's just not for me. But um, but yeah, it was it was totally right for uh, for this story and. Um, yeah, this was a nice. It was a nice annual. Like I said, it's you know three individual stories. You don't really have to know much to enjoy each one. Um, the first story, like the old King Thor story, is you know it does take place after events from the first run of Jason Aaron's Thor. So there's a little bit that you you know it would help going in knowing. But it's not like you'd be completely lost just picking it up and reading it. So it's good stuff. It's it's been a while since I've actually enjoyed an annual of anything. I think. Nice. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, recently with um, with Spider Man, you know, uh, Dan Slott doing the writing is awesome. But then, like, they just came out with all these point one books, and then there's there might be an annual or some other book that just came out too. And I'm like, no, <laughs> you know, like I was like, I don't want, I don't want to read all these. So like, yeah, you know, it's nice to hear that sometimes there's an exception to the rule, you know. So it's like funny, it Scott, like talking about Dan Slott. I did not read the interview, but I just saw like a pool quote from a recent interview he gave, where he was like, I'm never ever doing another one of those, and those being an event story. Oh, I saw oh. that too. I saw that like, quote as well. Yeah. <laughs> How character-driven stories. That, that's what he's good at. Event like, stories. to the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> it was rather by the numbers. Oh, hey, Duke, remember last week we were talking about the Edge of Spider-Verse epilogue, and I said, mm-hmm. you know, I will continue based on who the artist is in the next issue? Uh, oh, Umberto's unless, not your cup of tea? I'm unless not, it's Umberto Romeo. I said unless it's Umberto Romeo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yes, I will not be continuing... Amazing Spider-Man. Although I, I thought the cover looked pretty cool because at first it, I didn't even think that was him at first. I didn't. And then I started know, I flipping through either, it. And I'm like, like uh, yeah, just looking at the He's little back. preview icon. 
I'm the, like, that's back. the cover. It, yeah, like his style on the cover looked different. Like it does. Yes. It does look different. It looks like uninked and uh, like a little, a little more rendered for the effect of what it's going for. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he didn't do any Spider Verse. I think he's been just busy putting them in the can for when it comes back. So, yeah, you're probably not going to want to touch this book for a while because <laughs> he is the. Uh, I think he now that it's once a month again. I think he is considered the series artist. So he'll he'll be yeah. back to doing it monthly. I could be wrong, but it looks like he's he's back. Yeah. Oh well. Well, it was nice while it lasted. <laughs> Jerry. Well, you can just listen to us tell them about you. Yeah, um, I'll just I'll I'll just get my updates through you guys. Yeah. yeah. Jerry, do you have any parting thoughts on Spider Verse? Parting thoughts, because we did not discuss epilogue, did we? Well, we did no, a, uh, last Dan episode, did. but yeah. But if you want, I think you did. I, I heard, you know, I, I heard it, and I was chiming in, but <laughs> I was talking, to, talking to nothing uh, when I was driving up to Williamsport last week. I downloaded <laughs> the episode to my phone and listened to it on the way up, and subjected the uh, the lady friend to it. He's, oh boy, he's like, I'm gonna vlog this so much. I know. I just was like, I would just, I just kept interjecting in the car. That guy was like, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, you guys would just keep talking without. Like, aren't you listening? I don't understand why they're not responding to me. Uh, don't they yeah. hear me? <laughs> I was like, this is what it would sound like if I was on the show. Um, <laughs> now, I, I, it was fun. I mean, it's kind of what we thought it would be. Um, so I guess it turns out that dude was the Peter of the Zero universe, whatever. Yeah. Called. Like he was in some kind of loop or something. Yeah, well, they Time does not work like it does here, where it does everywhere else. Um, yeah. yeah I mean, it's what we were expecting. We got what we, we thought we were going to get. Yeah. So, yeah, that's why I saw that uh, uh, No More Events quote, and I was like, that's good. Don't do any more. <laughs> um, it was fine. Like, like I, we, we said before, it just kind of got, it was anticlimactic. It just happened. So the the uh, epilogue was just the same. Um, have you been reading Spider Gwen? Yes. Mm-hmm. I enjoy yeah. that. I read the new issue this week. I like that. I like where it's going. The issue two. Yeah, I mean that came out awfully quick. Is yeah, it, just it did. Eight? Yeah, is that like it's two like weeks it. in between issues? Yeah, pretty much because. Yeah, wait. Did we just talk about? Did we talk I think about, you talked about the first one last week? We talked last about week. that one too. Yeah. So yeah, so that means it came out two weeks ago. Dang Marvel, what do you do? Yeah, yeah, I I haven't even. Yeah, I've not read the second one yet, but I'm looking forward to it. I would not say anything, but it was enjoyable. Good. Okay. Down with that one. I like what it's doing. I like how it's setting things up. You got questions? I think you guys posed last episode about it. You get some answers. Okay. uh, In this one, some, not full answers, but you're gonna be like, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I enjoyed what it was doing, and uh, I'll stick with that for as long as it's going to happen. Which, that's why I was at the comic shop, and they're like, why are they starting all these new sto- these new books when Secret Wars is, like, in two months? And I was like, because it's not changing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's Marvel. Yeah. Everything ends with return to status quo. <laughs> you put the well, toys back it, on the shelf when they're done. You know, yeah, and I hope that it does, just because... You know, since they're blowing up the entire multiverse. I think like, what's going to happen is that? the ultimate universe will be gone, and the parts that they like, a.k.a. Well, yeah. Miles Morales, will be... Yeah, because I think Brian Bendis said that... Be scuttled. 
Brian Bendis had just said that this week too that that uh, the new the Ultimate Universe isn't over yet. You know, like kind of like hey, you know, even no matter what happens with this event, it'll still be around in yeah. some way. But he's not saying in what way, mm-hmm. which I'm sure means he's going to want to write changing. more yeah. miles, more miles in you know stories. Well, they don't. <laughs> I mean, you wanna get, I mean, that character is a good character. I mean, I haven't read anything. Yeah. I haven't read the character other than like the Spider Verse stuff. But it seems to be a good character, a popular yeah. character. It's oh yeah, you know, he's standing on his own two feet. There's no reason to get rid of that character, right? You might want, I mean, so I don't think, I honestly don't think anything's going to change. I think they'll have their little event, and then at the end, the heroes will prevail, and the status quo will be restored. <laughs> so it, it won't Things even be a new be 52. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, that's the, yeah. I mean, come on now, guys. We've, we've read it. This is not our first rodeo. We know how The more things change, the mm-hmm. more they stay the same. Yeah. yeah. They, they call me jaded. They call me cynical, but they don't call me wrong. <laughs> Yeah. I said it right to Umberto Ramos's face, too. I'm like, they're bringing back Peter. And <laughs> I was like, no, they're not. I'm like, yes, they are. Just in time for that movie, too. <laughs> the guy's like, but it's a top-selling book. I'm like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> and I was right. They all told me I was crazy. And I was cynical and jaded and bitter. But I was right. I called it way out. Remember, we called that like a year out in advance. Oh, like, yeah. We'll be back for the movie. Yeah. So, no, and that I, was yeah. He he only extended that story just so, you know, it would coincide. Yeah, that, that, yeah. yeah, that was an editorial, not an editorial mandate, well, kind yeah. of an editorial mandate. Yeah, it was like an ed- editorial offering. When you read uh, Stephen Wacker's like bit on it at the end, dude, it was like they're like, "How long can this go on for?" It's like, "Well, we can take it up to that movie if you want." Like, sold. <laughs> so, see, I know how the game works. See, I don't think much is going to change with this, this Marvel stuff. I think it's all just going to go right back to what it was. There might be some quote-unquote changes, but it's not going to be DC 1986. Yeah. Or DC 2011 up in here. No, they're going to they're gonna keep the stuff that's working, and they're going to fix this, you know, they're going to fix yeah. or get rid of what's not. And some of the stuff, they're going to keep Miles Morales, and they're going to get rid of all the, the other Ultimate books. And right. So it sounds like they're going to... You know some of that stuff that they're they're bringing back, like these new titles. They're mixing up with even some old Marvel concepts that were left, you know, long ago, uh, like the Western, you know, like the Western concept and stuff oh, yeah. like that. And they're just, yeah, that's what it is. They're just trying it out. They're like, here's an excuse to try everything that we have, and you know, if it works, we'll keep making it. Uh, what does fascinate me, uh, speaking of the big two and their like earth-shaking uh, what-have-yous, the post-convergent stuff. DC doesn't seem has never been afraid to just like toss it all out and start it again. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure you've seen this week. There's been some releases of new costumes and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Superman's non-costume. Yeah, you know, t-shirt, jeans, Superman always had an appeal to me, but I'm not quite feeling it like I did. I don't. It, well, it's not a new costume either because yeah, he exactly. wore that when it three years ago. So it's, right. yeah, I don't get that. I I did like somewhat Wonder Woman's new look. Wonder Woman. They basically went there. She's wearing more clothes. Are you happy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there, we just shaded her 
as in black leggings. Yeah, uh, she now has leggings, yeah. Well, the book that I read and has, seems to have the most radical change coming. Did someone, we lose someone? I feel like I'm talking to myself now. Um, well, I'm here. Scott? 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 I think Scott fell off again. Oh, boy. All right, Dan. Well, one that uh, is seems most intriguing to me is uh, Bat Chappie. Is what? Bat Chappie. Bat Chappie? Do you see that trailer for that movie Chappie that's coming out? Oh, 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 okay. And yeah. Batman looks, the new Batman armor suit looks yes. just like Chappie? Yes. The Bat Chappie? Sorry, I, that, that took me a second. I, I probably, I, if we would have had a pre-show, I would have kipped you to that it was coming. Well, I think it's Scott's fault. Yeah. Scott and his busted-ass computer. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, that's, um, like, I don't plan on ditching the title, but it does look like Batman's going to have a suit of armor post-convergence. Yeah, and it's not very Bat-like. It looks very just, uh, like, pl- not plain, but not very, yeah, just not yeah. real interesting. I don't know if I would call it not interesting, but it's... um. It's certainly out of left field. Yeah, it's but it's just it's very like mech looking. Like I mean, uh, yes, I yes. I enjoyed the look of the Thrasher armor he had. Yes, and you know, um, I but this I don't know. I'll, I'll have to just get a maybe I, a better I, look at her, see in what context it's right. going to be. I believe I know what you're saying, and uh, if I am picking up what you're putting down. I I do agree with you. Uh, it is kind of that um like eighties manga mech type. I can't even think of the properties that it reminded me of, but stuff stuff that we don't normally read, put it that way. And um so I get what you're coming from. I'm still it's Batman, it's still the same creative team. Mm-hmm. I believe they're winding down, although now they're alluding that they might keep going past issue fifty. So 'cause this like stuff starts with issue forty one. And if they are indeed leaving at fifty that's nine issues where mm-hmm. everything beforehand just went out the window or may have, may not. We don't know what's coming, but so it would be uh, interesting. I did drop uh, Superman, however. Okay. I, I had got, I, I read that full uh, first uh, run. Uh, did you finish that Ulysses run? I, well? I didn't. I, I keep meaning to go back and, and finish it. Um, I just, yeah, that that's one of the ones that just, went by the wayside uh, not for quality you know the quality's sake just timing you know you know and i'm not gonna you know it's not an indictment on it but it certainly wasn't keeping me mm-hmm. i forget what we called that episode it was something like uh curiosity or something i don't remember what it was but it was very fitting it was just an experiment and it uh i gave it a go and i was like i don't need to keep doing this I'm really not interested in sticking with this book. I don't feel like spending an additional four bucks a month on it. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like sticking it in a box and having to move it. So uh, I, I cut I cut ties with. Well, that. I thought it was funny that they made a big deal like a couple days ago that it's like check out Superman's new haircut. Yeah. I was like, who yeah. cares? Does that really exactly. warrant yeah. a press release these days? It's it's a haircut. Yeah, these days it does, but it's yeah, it's like anytime it's. You know, Superman got was approved for a new credit card. You know. <laughs> that that would be awesome. Yeah. Like, Superman's getting points back. 
Superman's got a uh, respectable credit score. This month, Superman buys a house. <laughs> yeah, it was just... And I, and I looked at him like, it's just Superman with shorter hair. What is the big deal? And, and, and that's, and that's like an, you know, someone else could draw it and it would look completely different because every artist is going to draw Superman in their own style. So it's going to look a little different every time. Yeah. I don't think you want junior, junior set in your house style either. No, definitely not. No one's going to know what to make of that. Definitely not. They're all going to look like bobbleheads. <laughs> And poor David Fincher has to take over, and it's like, it looks like one of those, uh, uh, I referenced it off, one of those little vinyl dolls. Like the pop vinyls? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody just looks like that. But, yeah, so I let that one slide. I don't know, the pull list is ever changing anymore. Stuff stays, stuff goes. I cut Rocket, and then I came back for an issue. And then I, and I was like, oh, this is a self-contained issue. Right on. I don't need to. Put it back on the list. Because Scotty Young stopped drawing it. And then it was like Jake Parker was drawing it. And then some other guy was drawing it. Yeah. And the other guy, I'm like, eh. He's, I, don't, I don't care. Uh, Scotty Young's still writing it, though, right? Right. Yeah, he's writing it. And I was like, I'm not. I'm not bellying up for his writing. That's not what I'm coming for. I'm coming for sure. his drawing. Uh, the Jake Parker stuff, I, I, I did like it. But, I mean, it's not the same as, like, a Scotty Young drawn book. So, I did like the preview uh, I saw for this like issue nine, I think it was. Mm-hmm. So I picked it up and I read it, and it was a self-contained story. So I'm like, sweet. I don't need to. I thought I was coming back for two issues because I didn't think they did a self-contained story, but lo and behold, it was. And I was like, all right, that was a fun book, but you know, I don't really need to keep doing this. I was getting um, <clears throat> a little nervous with the the saturation. The oversaturation of all the Guardians books, mm-hmm. but I felt oh, like yes. I thought I thought of something I want to talk about. Next, I, I but... felt like they were keeping it fairly in check, and then you get like Guardians team up, and then you get yes. Guardians animated, and now we're and now it's been announced that Groot is going to get his own ongoing. Really? Yeah. Who's drawing the Groot ongoing? I, I don't know. Now, I swear to God, I thought it was a joke at first. Like, I thought someone just said, oh, you know, haha, Groot's going to get his own book. No, he's going to get his own ongoing series. Groot gets solo series. And so, my, and, and, and my first thought was, now they've jumped the shark. Yeah, oh, I mean, it's, yes, I agree. I mean, that Groot I mean, series is kind of... If they want to do a one-shot, even a mini-series, fine, you know? Yeah. But because they could do something like show Groot through the ages because he first appeared back in the 60s in some, like, monster comic, like where monsters dwell or something like that. You know, I mean, they could they could do a lot of fun stuff with Groot because he is this tree creature and, who you know, they, they could, like, almost swamp thing it where they, you know, like, oh, here's Groot through the history of the Marvel U or something as a mm-hmm. tree. Um but the art doesn't. The art. I'm looking at stuff from the artist. It looks like he's a Disney illustrator. It's not. It's not bad. I don't mind it. I don't think it's enough though to uh, get me to pick this up. Now, right. I mean, they're going to the well an awful lot here with this stuff, and 
I'm not quite sure I really care to read the story about how Groot and Rocket became a team. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's not something pressing. Although his car, Brian Kessinger, or Kessinger, and, uh, yeah, he's a Disney Studios illustrator, uh, it looks like a Disney character too. Holy crap! I, but you know, it doesn't look that like, his stuff doesn't look that bad. But I, I don't think it's enough to yeah, you know, well, shell up four bucks a month. What what I don't understand is why they didn't do a Rocket and Groot team up book from the jump because they were introduced as a team in the movie, like mm-hmm. bounty hunters, let's say, or whatever they did. Uh, they were they were partners. Why didn't they just have? I, mean, I could totally see them doing a book where they just do. Maybe it's before they join the Guardians, or this is a time in between Guardians. That's what it sounds like, yeah. It's like have them be, you know, like a, a buddy team book of just yeah. Rocket and Groot. It does seem just like I feel like that's it. And yeah. this, I mean, I've, I think I found a drawing of his of Rocket and Groot, and man, I don't. I will thumb through it when it comes out. Right now I have to like <laughs> pedal it back a little bit more. I like cartoony drawing, and this guy does that in spades. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, I don't know. Like I was just saying, I don't really. Maybe yeah. it's time to start going digital with my comics because I don't want to have to move them anymore. They get <laughs> heavy. Well, and it's annoying. Plus, you know, we, these days with the with the the, the cost of comics and the quality. You, yeah, you the, really the have paper to be more discerning. Like tissue paper. Well, and well, just the, the yeah the, the 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 publishing quality, um, the creative quality, and the fact that they're just they're arbitrarily just putting out books like Groot. Right. You know, and it, it, it's like I feel like you know the the average comic book reader is gonna you know they're gonna start getting a little more picky about what they're getting. And I think you have to be. I mean, it's, you know, not everything is going to be a gem. Right. And if this was like a mini, I probably would be down with it. Yeah, exactly. I don't don't dislike this artwork, but I don't really care about reading an ongoing either. And I feel like I feel like a limited series would be an easier sell. Yes, it would be. You know, like Like, this would be a definite if it was limited. If you told me this is like one of four. Like, all right, I'll do that. Like, I can't tell you how many people like, at, at the, the store I work at, you know, we have the dancing baby Groots on the counter. And you mm-hmm. push the button and it dances to the Michael Jackson song. I can't tell you how many people come in and that immediately they're like, oh, my God, look, dancing baby Groot. And so obviously Groot is now a household name. Yes. So, yes, having a group book in a way is – a good idea, but uh, you know, I, I feel like a, a limited series would be an easier sell because you could say to these people that are coming in who just have the movie as reference, "Oh, do you like Dancing Baby Groot? Here's a, a three issue or four issue series of just Groot's adventures." Yeah, and it's it's not a it's not a commitment. It's a or, you know right. you could it's grab like like a single trade and say, "Here's a Groot story." Yeah, which I mean I know the way they do the arcs, it, you can. There are like break points, but it, you're right. It's not a finite story, which would be a lot more um, enticing. Tight. So we shall see. I, so I was looking at the uh, some preview art they put out there, and 
I could see myself eating those initial words. I'm already backpedaling. <laughs> so we'll see. Maybe move uh, some things around. Can't, yeah, canceled rocket, but I'll pick up Groot because it's, it's, I don't know. It's got that cartoony style that I'm a sucker for. Mm-hmm. I was kind of like, ah, we'll see. But yeah, I don't know the idea. I don't see, I don't see how you get to like Groot 47. Like what's happening there? No, definitely not. I mean, I would, if, if Groot got to seven, I might even be surprised. Yeah. I mean, how much can you do? Like, did you, you didn't read the rocket book at all, right? Um, I read the first issue. Just okay. Just there was it. one. I think it was like issue five or six. Was kind of like a Groot centric issue. Like they're like Rocket and Groot are like with some intergalactic Boy Scout troop, and they're telling camp stories. And Groot tells a story of like how he and like an early Groot and Rocket tale, which is kind of like what this whole series is going to be. And the whole book was basically Groot telling the story, so it was all "I am Groot." Everything was "I am Groot." Like they showed like billboards on buildings in the background, they'd say "I am Groot." You know, it was a novelty for mm-hmm. that one issue. Yeah, I did. I did hear about that series. It, it sounded I mean, funny. Yeah, and it was. It was funny, and it, it was you know for a one issue, it, it was a hoot. But I don't know how well that can sustain. We'll see. I said I'll, I'll probably end up buying the first issue, and then making my decision based on that. <laughs> I'm, I'm a chump. <laughs> right. And Marvel knows it. Well, we'll keep... We'll, I'm going to keep moving on here until we till we get Duke back. Um, right. And uh, so, going along the lines of first issues, uh, I don't know if you picked this up, but um, all-new Hawkeye, number one. I did not. Jeff Lemire uh, writing. And uh, oh, who is the artist? Perez Pepe? Was it Pepe? Ramon Perez. Ramon Perez. Yes, I yes. Ramon Perez. I think there's a Pepe Perez that I'm thinking of too. But um, yeah, so this is this is the new uh, the new Hawkeye. Um, yes, Ramon Perez. Um, yeah, uh, hot off the heels of at Fractions Hawkeye. So. Where this picks up, like the storytelling and the art is, is very reminiscent of Fractions Run. You know, it, it doesn't, it, it's not like it's going in a whole different direction. It's, it's Clint and, um, Kate Bishop. They're, you know, there's, there's, there's actually kind of two stories going on here. There's a present day Clint and Kate Bishop where the, the comic opens. It's them infiltrating this uh, Hydra base on a mission for Shield, trying to find this uh, this super secret weapon of destruction. And there's a B story that's running concurrent with a with a really neat um, like a like a watercolor uh, painted watercolor style, and it's uh, Clint and his brother Barney as uh, kids. Living with a, a abusive, drunken foster uh, foster family or foster dad, and um, it, it shows them uh, running away. And the last the last scene of them is running smack dab in, into the uh, to a circus or a carnival. And that's you know that's kind of where they got their start with the with the archery. Okay. So. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as as far as first issues go, it's um, it, it wasn't bad. I mean, there's really 
in, in a sense, there's not a ton you need to know going in. There's really no, um, uh, backstory or anything other than what you see of the, like the, the flashbacky story with Clinton, his brother, but it doesn't really have anything to do with the current story. So they're just kind of telling this side story, I guess, of, you know, this loose interpretation of how they came to be. Um, it, it was good though. Like I, I, um, it, like I said, it wasn't so, so far removed from fractions run, but you could tell it was, you know, just slightly different. Um, the art style, Ramon Perez, is um, it, it's a. Uh, He's not David Aja. No, but he, but he, he does, um, he does a pretty good. I, I don't say, I don't want to say he does a good David Aja, but he does um, a, a very. He does his own version of that minimalist style. Okay. okay. Uh, he that had I really enjoyed. Some stints on Wolverine and the X Men um, under Jason Aaron. Back during mm-hmm. the, the first volume run, so I'm was familiar with his work. There, I don't think he's bad at all. I think he's a fine mm-hmm. illustrator. Um, I didn't, I haven't kept up with everything he's done, but I do remember him from that and uh, enjoying the work there. Um, I didn't really look at too much uh, artwork from this Hawkeye series to see how it had a, he had grown. I would, I would say that this first issue is definitely worth uh, worth a flip through. Um, now. The, what might throw people off is that the, and I just noticed this uh, going through it, but the first, let's see, one, two, three, four, five pages of this are this watercolor flashback. Okay. So you don't really get into the now story until like a quarter of the way through this book. Um, so I don't know if that's going to, you know, if someone knew where to pick this up, they might be like, what is this? I don't know what's going on here. Um, so I, I feel like just the, um, you, you know, if, if you're a reader of, of the previous run or if you're just a hardcore Hawkeye fan, you, it's not going to bother you. But if you're just jumping on this new, the the flashbacky stuff might be a bit jarring. But, again, you shouldn't let that, you know, affect your decision to not read it because it really is pretty good. I see what you mean, though. It is it does have a very much of that Aja feel to it. I don't remember his stuff looking like this on Wolverine and the X Men. Yeah, and I, I, I'm I'm not entirely unclear uh, if if that if the watercolor stuff is. I see that too, but I see it looks like just some regular uh, like drawing it, as well. I just wonder if if Lemire had any input on the art because it just says in the credits it says. Jeff Lemire and Ramon Perez storytellers. Hard to tell what that means because they do that on Daredevil as well. It's yeah. Mark Wade and uh, Chris Somney storytellers. So, so I'm not sure where the division of labors. Since you know, since, yeah, since Jeff Lemire is an artist himself, I, I I imagine he might have had some some input. You know that they, it was maybe a little bit more collaborative than a, than your typical writer artist separate you know separation. I'll be honest, I'm looking at, I pulled up some uh, Ramon Perez Wolverine, the X-Men stuff, and he kind of seems to be vibing off Nick Bradshaw. Now that I look at that, it's almost like he, he's a bit of an artistic chameleon. Like he just, mor- he, he just morphs to like the, yeah, the, like the style he needs? 
Yeah, and it's like you sort of to like the familiar style of the book. So like that that Hawkeye book, you know, that David Aja look was kind of like the 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 the, the, the way everyone, people are used to. That you know, just coming off that particular title, this is really more or less an extension of that run. So his work tends to be kind of vibing off that. When I'm looking at the Wolverine, the X Men stuff, which he was ostensibly a fill in for Nick Bradshaw. He's kind of, I mean, it's not like a copy, mm-hmm. but it definitely is evocative of the feel of that artist. So yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, hey, good to him that he's versatile and can do that stuff. It kind of, that's a benefit to readers to give us some continuity visually mm-hmm. as well. But he does have his, it's, he does that, but it's his own style as well. It's actually quite impressive. Now that I'm doing this side by side study, I actually find it impressive. It's not a slam against him at all. It's actually kind of, it's praise because it's impressive that he can do that. Yeah, like I said, I, I felt like the I, I think it was a good idea because it, it's it's a nice transition for people that were fans of Fractions Hawkeye, especially you know being a fan of right. you know if you were a fan of David Aja, um, that this is not like a super jarring right. you know exactly. uh, art style that yeah. it, like you know it's not like you're going from uh david aja to um umberto ramos yeah umberto ramos or mike diodato or you know yeah like a, yeah there you go yeah a jim lee you know one of the many jim lee clones out there you know i mean it's the the art styles are very similar so um yeah and like i said the the, the story was such that because it was you know it was like picking up the adventures of Clint Barton and Kate Bishop, which was a, a big part of what they did in the previous Hawkeye run. Like those two guys, those two characters running together and, and, uh, teaming up for things. So yeah, I feel like, um, you know, if you're a, a fan of fractions run, then you should definitely give this a shot. Cool. Yeah, but that is, I'm so gobsmacked at his ability to be, a chameleon, but yet maintain his own, his individual style as well. Mm-hmm. Good on you. Um, whew, now he's at the vamp till Scott comes back, cause we're kind of. Yeah, he said he's, uh. I'm prepared for this. The, 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 he's still working on it. He said they made a couple more updates. Well, you know what? While we're waiting for him, maybe we can start talking is, about, uh. Um, there's a topic that we were here to discuss, but it was supposed to be. A yeah. Group discussion. Well, we could probably get started on it. I, I think we could start easing into it, maybe like kind of get some of the preliminary stuff out of the way as far as what it okay. is, who's making it, stuff like that. So I, we, we, all three of us watched the, the pilot episode of Powers, which was made available, um, on YouTube even before it aired on the Sony PlayStation Network, which was interesting. And so that, do you have a PlayStation? I do not. I, I have no game stations at yeah, all. I, I haven't had a game station since the first PlayStation. Okay. I yeah, I I I think the last one that was totally mine was Nintendo 64. Mm. And I think my brothers and I share. I it was my brothers. I think it was my brother PlayStation 2. And uh, I just shared it with him. I think that was technically his. Anyway, yeah, so I I have no way to continue watching this. Um I would say this, that the first 10, 15 minutes, I was ready to shut it off because it was hot garbage. Um, but I stuck with it. I gave it a chance. 
Um, it did improve, but it was still very uneven mm-hmm. and very clunky. And it felt like it, I think what it suffered from was poor direction and a lack of a budget, but, um, mainly poor direction. And it kind of just, it tried to be many things and couldn't settle on a particular one. And it felt like it was trying to be a little too cute for its own good, which it did have a very, uh, Bendis vibe. Yeah. Was, and the dialogue was very precocious and yeah. verbose and it tried to be edgy and it just, it didn't feel natural, it felt put upon. The, I felt the same way when you mentioned the first 10 minutes. I thought I was watching a really well done fan film. Yes. Yes. I felt that way too. You know, I used to make movies with my buddy and I'm like, you know, if we just had some, a little bit more money, we could have done this because this really is not. It, yeah, it felt like a fan film. When it they should feel like a proper production. Yeah, especially like okay, so like some of the special effects were felt very amateurish. Mm-hmm. Um, the costuming, I thought the costuming looked like it was just straight out of a cosplay. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was cool. They did that little thing to sort of like for uh, exposition. Used um, Mario Lopez from Extra, like a Which, segment from that. I thought, I thought that was clever, but at first, a little yeah, annoying it, because they just yeah, they it, just front loaded everything. Yeah, it, like it was just overdone. Like it, it, it's a clever concept, but it just is executed horribly. Well, yeah, I mean, because it's, it's like, well, that now there's no need to to reveal anything further, and because because Mario Lopez did it all. Yeah. It, and then, like, it just, it, it was too much. It should have been trimmed down. And then, I was like, what, I'm like, what cops posing for glamour photos? Like, what the hell is this? Like, I get he used to be a famous superhero, but, like, no, he's just, like, it was, it was way too much. And it was way overdone. And it was just too heavy handed and mm-hmm. too, he, Mar Lopez was saying, hey, folks at home, this is what you need to know for the rest of this. And, you know, it just didn't, yeah, beyond, like, that organicness that was supposed to be part of that world. Um, yeah, then like the, I only read the first issue of Powers like way back in college. I don't think I have a first print, but I do remember buying it at the comic shop that was in State College at the time. And I remember, and just like, it was, it had some buzz. This is like 2002, something like that, somewhere around there. And I remember picking it up, and it, I, but I never stuck with it. So I don't know anything about the property. I just, um, so I don't remember. He, he, dude didn't look like that, right? In the comic? No, he didn't. That's no, and and I can kind of forgive that a little bit. I mean, um, physically speaking, the the character of Christian Walker is a kind of a big hulking yeah, guy. That, that I could, yeah, that was fine. You're not going to translate that, but right? I mean, un- unless you get too. someone like The Rock, or yeah, you got to sacrifice someone ability, big like. Like Adam Baldwin or something. Yeah, which I mean, uh, I've seen uh, Shirley Copley in District Nine and A Team. Mm-hmm. I'm not familiar with his entire body of work, but he just seemed kind of lost without to perform the character, like gravelly voice, imbruting. That and I guess more <laughs> graveling voice. That stuck with me so. Like his voice was so uh, jarring. With, you know the that he, they felt that he needed to do that whole Christian Bale Batman thing. 
Which yeah. Like, why? Why would he need? Why would you need him to talk like that? And then, but then there was times when he did kind of slip out of it. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I didn't. You know, like I said the first ten, fifteen minutes, I was like, this is crap. Like this is just straight crap. But as I, I gave it, I watched the whole hour. I didn't hate it. Um, I, I was somewhat interested in it, but I'm not going to pay for it. Like I'm not going to. I don't have a PlayStation, so I'm already out of luck. But like, if I can somehow, I'll invest time into the subsequent episodes. But I'm not investing dollars. Yeah, PlayStation. You're not. You're not getting me there. No, I kind of feel the same way. And it was. I didn't hate it, but at the same time, well, when it was over, I, I sat back and I thought. That was both. That was exactly what I expected, and it was also not what I expected. Fair that, it doesn't really. I know that doesn't make any sense, but I, I expected it. I expected there to be a few cringeworthy moments, of which there were ample. Yes, and I suppose you know this is play, a PlayStation original, so maybe there is some slack to cut given the new frontier of media being embarked mm-hmm. upon here. But that said, I mean, you're still hiring professionals. Yeah, like, and I'll say this: I, I will, I will give praise. Um, the lady that played Dina Pilgrim was fantastic. Okay, she yeah. didn't have much to work with, but boy, howdy, did she do her best with what little she was given. No, I was, I was actually going to say the of, of the positives. I thought she gave a really good performance, and um, even the small role of or roles that I like, the captain, um, the coroner, who they called Doctor Death. Okay. Um, and Eddie Izzard. Yeah, Eddie Izzard was, again, poor direction. Like, you have some quality actors, but it looks like they have, they're on their own. Yeah, and you can look at the, uh, the Star Wars prequels, for example, of good actors with poor director. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, um, I guess I say it like this. And that's what I saw. Like, Eddie Izzard, he's like, I, I guess go over the top, but I don't know. It's felt like, this had really poor direction, and it really suffered as a result of that. Um, the chief, he was on um, Breaking Bad. I remember him from that. I think I've seen him in other things too, but I do remember him from Breaking Bad. He had a reoccurring role in that. Yeah, he's one of those character actors, and and uh, and that's probably I think you know I've been watching Better Call Saul, and that show is just that that's it's it's an unfair comparison. Like that's the best of the best. That's I don't know if you've been watching that, but that show was just really really good. And well, super we, impressive. Well, you know what, what? What's curious to me, and and I don't know if we'll ever get the whole story, but you know when when Powers was first being developed, it was being developed for a series at FX. Yes, which made me wonder just what steaming pile of shit was that Jason Patrick pilot that that got scrapped, and this is what was deemed you know yeah ready like, for the world, or you know what. What did FX want to do or not want to do that that they felt like, oh well, I guess we better let Sony PlayStation take a crack at this, you know? Just, what, yeah, they, they. I think they. I think I read somewhere they spent like fifteen million dollars on that pilot. FX did, and like we'll never see it. I mean, maybe never say never, but it's never seen the light of day. And that so that network just took a bath to the tune of, yeah, 15, you know. Well, eight figures, and and I and I wonder how much of this was uh, Bendis, as you know, his role as like the executive producer, how much influence he had as far as the. I mean, I'm sure he had all the influence because it's his property, but because you know, because now you see things in the news like 
Matt Fraction and Kelly Sudakonic getting signed to a deal with Universal. Um, you've got guys like Nathan Fillion and Alan Tudyk who are kickstarting, you know, their, their own, like, their own projects. So it's like, why didn't, like, how did Bendis not get into one of these deals or projects? Or was he obligated by some contract that he signed? Because, you know, Powers was develop, like, starting to be developed a few years ago. So I, I wonder if he was hamstrung by I, some I some think, legalities. I think based on something I read earlier, it sounds like almost from the time it was a comic, like if it debuted, it's been in development. It seemed to be like a lot more than just a few years. The, the, I mean, unless this Tumblr thing was sort of just uh, exaggerating, it was like 14 years of development. Well, it, it hasn't been in development at FX for 14 years. No, no, no. I, I mean, think just like as a property yeah. somewhere but i mean like this is like when it went to fx that was like a big deal that was like yeah. serious business but it seemed like from from the time it was from the time they announced it was going to be at fx it seemed like this thing has been plagued with nothing but problems and then it goes to playstation and it's this i mean at best a you know a, if i were to grade it it would be like uh Maybe a solid C, possibly a C minus. Yeah, um, it wasn't very. It's nothing to really write home about. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad I didn't have to pay for it. It was watching it on YouTube was fine for me. If if I, uh, I am <laughs> curious to check out, like, I'm not going to write it off completely, like I did with Gotham. Um, I would. I am kind of curious to to see if it can rebound, but I don't know. I really don't know if it can, and um. But I would be willing to, you know, check out some subsequent episodes. Yeah. It seems like it has potential. It has potential to, to do something. It, it feels like it has the potential to do something special, but I'm not sure if, if the creatives involved can get out of their way and I'm gonna say Ben can get out of his way enough to do it. Ben really likes to be cute. I'm afraid it's going to get too cute mm-hmm. for its own good because that pilot was bored. You know, it was very precocious at times. And it's like, man, why would you just – if you're going to do like a street – it's almost like the same complaint I had with Gotham. It's like if you're going to do like a street-level thing and you're character-focused, then do that. And don't be so gaudy and sound-stagey and yeah. like this feels like a TV show. I mean I don't know. Maybe I'm asking too – maybe I'm being spoiled well, by the really good stuff that I can't and cut anything else slack. His, the, the other thing that kind of took me out of it was the – was just the, the the setting of the show that it was taking place in like Hollywood or California or like L.A. I don't know what, but it was. Yeah. But I know you said you only read the first issue. I, I read Powers for a few years, and the tone, both in the storytelling and the art, like the writing and the art, was dark, like very, you know, like somewhat noirish, um, and. That's the exact opposite of what we got with the show. Like it should have been more, it should have been more Gotham. And and what we got was like this, you know, uh, this sunny, the you know TV show. Like where like yeah. almost everything took place during the day. And that was not the that was not the book. It was it was a very dark book. I mean. Uh, it, it had its had its light moments, but but I mean overall, like the like I said, the the writing and the art 
you know, it, it had it had a darker gotcha. tone to it. I'll be honest. This show had a, um, and this is not a, con- a, a Joel Schumacher esque feel to it. It felt like a '90s superhero property movie, like a '90s superhero movie. You know, it, it yeah, it, the, the flamboyantness of the villains and just the the. I mean, the production value, even the special effects were kind of like 90s uh, looking. No, but. I, I thought the special, like when they showed that fight off in the distance happening in the sky, I was like, Jesus, did somebody do this on their yeah, on their Mac? I, I mean. That that one was like, like this is kind of, it looked a little cheesy, but it could kind of be cool. Like, what would what would that look like from far away? Like, we don't know. I mean, it's kind of a no, but that's, Valley there. That's the, when I thought it looked like a fan film. The decapitation scene. Okay. That's when I'm like, okay, this is entry level um, special effects going on here. Like this is some low rent stuff. Like that, it just looks so cheesy. And it, I don't know, it, it looked, it looked that, that's the one where I'm like, oh, these are some horrible effects when that happened. Like, like I could almost forgive the the superheroes fighting in the distance. I could, I gave that one a pass. I could not give that decapitation scene a pass. Well, and it. And you know what I realized? I, I don't know if this it's going to get better because I, if they do it the way if, if they filmed this series the way say like Netflix Netflix yeah like it's all films theirs it's, it's all been yeah, yeah it's all done already they're going to put these episodes out um and it's going to be done and that's going to be it so yeah so who, hey yeah, well, well that might we'll here that, that might be as good as it gets uh, that's. And then I, uh, I don't want to be repeating myself, but yeah, I mean, it, I gave it, a, I watched it, I stuck through the whole hour. And it did, once it got all the, uh, exposition out of the way, once it put the pieces on the board, then it started to have a little bit of personality to it, but I, I was not impressed with it. And then I watched the, uh, before we got on the line tonight, I watched the trailer for Daredevil, and I'm like, oh, PlayStation, you are, yeah. you are, Fighting below your weight here, like the the, the mighty of Marvel, is just it's just not fair. Well, and and like you said, not to keep you know beating a dead horse, but the just the whole Mario Lopez thing, the what you know. Yes, bad. at first blush, I'm like, well, that's cool using like extra as a way to introduce. It. Then it just kept going, and it started showing that footage like from the police. Like this is too much. Like this, it just became unbelievable. You know, I, I've. Left extra on, like I've just not changed the channel, mm-hmm. and been in the room while extra's been on many times. So I hate to say this, but I am familiar with what extra can be. That went beyond what extra is. That was extra, extra. And then like, like here's scenes from the police station where their partner was. Like this is it, no, this is went beyond. And now I, it took me out of it. It was like you and uh, Big Man playing, saying he has he's out of F's to give. Like that was my moment yeah. where I'm like. No, this is just really poor uh, TV show storytelling where they're just let's telling, just, not showing. You know what? Let, let's just come out and say it. Mario Mario Lopez ruined it. I don't blame Mario Lopez. <laughs> I can't do that, Dan. I can't blame Mario Lopez. I can. Uh, he, he was, you can. Fine. Go for it. Um, <laughs> but uh, I don't blame him because at first I'm like, oh, that's kind of novel using extra as a way no to i was it. i was kidding i just I, but I just, uh you know that too much yeah they they, they they it was too much exposition yeah immediately where that was everything that they that mario lopez went through they could have you know that could have been stretched out 
organically, and like that information. They, could they, have... There was times that they did do that organically throughout the hour, so you really didn't need to do all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was just too much, too much yes. extra, extra. But uh, as I first I'm like, oh, that's cool, but then I'm like, oh, 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 no, 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 no. And then like so when they start recycling footage, I hate that. That always bugs me. Like, yeah, cycle footage and try and pass it off as like. Stuff that was captured in the movie. Um, the one that sticks out for me is uh, Zach and Mary make a porno. Where I don't know if you ever saw that, but oh yeah, I did. Okay, do you remember? There's the scene where uh, Seth Rogen and uh, Elizabeth Banks, where they filmed their scene in the movie, and then there's like, there's the their footage, and then there's like the movie footage, and then like at the end of the movie, he comes back, and they're like watching the movie they edited together, and it incorporates their footage with movie footage. I'm like, this, that, that shit mm. bugs me. Cause I'm like, who, who are you trying to fool? Like, we know they're what, that's not, they didn't shoot that. That you're just, like, that's what we saw. Like, there was no camera there. It just bugs me. Cause it's like, it's like, do you think we're stupid? Yeah. Maybe it's not, it's like, like, I don't know. It's Again, just, maybe I'm just, it's me. And, you know, having tried storytelling in that medium, I'm, I don't know, sensitive to stuff like that, and maybe the casual watcher is like, who cares? But uh, it always it just bugs me and takes me right out of it. Yeah, so, I, I wish I wish they do that too. I wish the Duke was here. I wanted to get his input on it too, but yeah, because he, uh, I, <laughs> it sounded like it was a chore for him to sit through it. Yeah, he he had to watch it in like two parts because I guess it was yeah. that bad for him. Yeah, I mean, and I I almost bailed on it too, and. uh I troopered through, and I, I'm, I'm glad I did, but I don't know. I, I wouldn't say I, I'm done with it, but I'm not. I'm not going to hunt it down. Put it that way. It, if it comes my way, I'll, I'll sit through another episode to see if it gets any better. But because, like I said, it, it feels like it has potential. But I don't know if it if it got the talent involved to execute it the way I could see it. Mm-hmm. You know, like the Flash, the Flash is a dopey melodrama, but it never pretended that it wasn't. You know, it was going to be, it's going to be lighthearted, it's going to be dopey. But then the, the other stuff that Flash does is just like, holy shit, I didn't see this coming. This is powerful stuff here. On top of, you know, so it's like, I, I you told me what you were, you were what you were, and you're extra. Kudos. Like, Powers doesn't you know, know what it wants to be. And, and I'm kind of surprised because I feel like, there have been so many shows. Feedback? I'm back. back. Oh, right. I just sent you a text, but you could ignore it. We're about Yeah. It. So you can tell us what <laughs> yeah, you thought no, about Powers. Okay. We're we, kinda... Yeah, so now it's your turn. We, we've kind of gone on about Powers for the past oh. ten minutes. Oh, all right. Um, so we're, we'll, we'll get your input, and then we'll and then we'll wrap things up. Yes. Well, I think uh, Jared texted us earlier and summed it up best. You know, it starts out pretty terribly and then it gets slightly better mm-hmm. um that's that's kind of what i thought of it like just like the first 15 minutes i thought were pretty unwatchable and i just i actually just shut it off and was like <laughs> I, there's other things that i could be watching like better call saul so yes <laughs> listen, when you listen this would be an interesting episode for you scott because you can like listen to it and there's like 75 80 percent of the show you're not on it's like <laughs> so like last week when I was talking to the show yeah. and couldn't participate, 
you you're getting a little more interactive version turn. of that. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, powers. I thought there was some good stuff in there. I really like uh, Dina's character. I like the actress. Okay. And um, I like Z- Zora. I thought. She oh, was I good. forgot about Zora. Yeah, she was all right. Yeah, uh, but we yeah we also agreed about Zora was Dina. the the light the purple the girl dress. Was, yeah, purple dress. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, as a, as a performance, it was fine as a well, character. Was, yeah, that's what I mean. She's gonna have there. as far she, as like she's gonna as have far as natural people that were acting oh, really? natural. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was saying too. The actress that played Dina was like the saving grace of it. Yeah, like they, those are the only two that I thought had that acted natural. Like the other ones sounded like they were just reciting the script. Yeah. yeah, we we, yeah. we we said we said it was we we likened it to a really good fan film. I caught it yeah, in a or, 90s or, superhero movie, or also a really good sci-fi. Oh, really, a sci-fi made, original made for sci-fi. Yeah, because oh my god, those special effects were like you know <laughs> Sharknado level. They were terrible. Yeah, folks, we did not talk about this beforehand. Okay, but you're <laughs> yeah, this is kind of interesting that yeah, because we yeah that we we did not. Uh, you know, no, put yeah, any of this together. Plan, we couldn't have planned my computer blowing up twice during the <laughs> show. So, okay, Duke. So, okay, now if, if I recall, I think for a while you and I were both reading Powers for yeah. a few years, right? Yeah. Okay. I, I want to get your input on this. Did you feel that the the setting was wrong for the show? Like, it was really bright and L.A. Yeah, because because yeah. the because the book was I felt a lot darker, like that they not just the things that happen at night, but just like the tone of the book, yeah, like the art and the writing had a dark tone. I felt like that putting it in Hollywood or you know in California because I don't think they ever really specified in the book where it took place. Right. I always yeah, assumed I it was like either. like maybe a Midwest or an East Coast mm-hmm. city. Just a gritty town, basically, is what I exactly. think the book was going for. Yeah, and, and this, they're, I think they're really capitalizing on the the celebrity part of being a powers. Yeah, and that that kind of threw me. That this whole thing, like the that you know Walker lived in this this like high rise, basically, with this great view of and, and everything was. I think like eighty percent of the show took place. It was daytime and it was sunny, and that just it felt that felt wrong to me. Yeah, um, maybe maybe you know the set designers can switch with Agents of Shield then and have Agents <laughs> of Shield where they just like to have black backgrounds all, everywhere and spotlights on faces. You know, this show probably would have benefited from that because like actually at the end when you know spoilers. I mean, it's on the internet, but, um, but at the end when he, when they jumped off the building, that actually looked pretty good. And it was at night, you know. Well, the jumping off the building uh, part did, well, but the, the standing on the roof of the building the, did not. The, right. the, the fall that took 10 minutes. Yeah. And they were like <laughs> talking to each other, basically. Yeah. I'm yeah. Like, really? How long is this? But fall I mean, taking? that looked better, that looked better than the opening scenes of the, you know, with the powers flying around and hitting each other, you know. Yes, uh, I thought you know like the dark, the dark covers up a little bit of that crappy CGI. You know? I didn't mind that as much because I was like, yeah, it's from a distance. Who knows what that looks like? I thought the decapitation scene was uh, was, was oh, that was totally sci-fi. Yeah, 
right yeah. there. You know, that like dinosaur a... flying by, cutting a head off, kind of. I'm sorry, you folks at home, because we are repeat. I'm never now repeating ourselves, but as you know, Duke wasn't here, so yeah. <laughs> and then what, Mario Lopez. <laughs> yeah, listen to the episode, Scott. <laughs> Just go back and listen to. Yeah, we that's rewind a... back like 15 minutes ago. We. They, here's what they did wrong though. Alright, like just, here's what I didn't like is right off the bat, you know, they had that scuffle, um, with that superpowered dude. And it was basically the, what? Iron Impact. Yeah, it was basically the (laughs) opening of Jurassic Park, you know, um, (laughs) where, you know, oh yeah, oh boy, somebody got killed. But then like, they should have just skipped that stuff and just went right to Christian and introduced them immediately. Like, I don't know why they they did that. Then they did the newsreel, and then they finally showed them. And it, by that time, I was irritated because I'm like, why, why are they showing me all this stuff? Like, that, that all should have came after. You know, introduce your main character immediately and setting, which I think that's what they were trying to do was do the setting. But they they should have had him in this police station. Like, why is he waking up? You know, or whatever. He should have been there, like, when it was all going down. Like, it was just like, why? This is a terrible opening. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what, then I was like, I, you know, and then Dina came on, and I was like, okay, she's she's just sitting there talking, and then they showed them sitting there talking, and I was like, all right, I'm just going to have to watch this later, because, <laughs> you know, because now I'm getting impatient. <laughs> so... But uh, yeah, but then from there, it, it actually, I thought the pace actually evened out yes. a little bit. Um, yeah, and what, what, it started taking on a light. What, once the story actually started, then it actually felt like it had some potential to be something. Yeah. And then the, I didn't like the sound, I, I didn't like the soundtrack either, the music that was playing. It was like, dun 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 you know, like the whole time, like, just let the scenes play out. If it's a dramatic scene, just let it play out. You don't have to have, you know, it's like he's buttoning his shirt. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> you know. What did, what did you think of uh, the main guy, the, the the guy that played Pinkus Walker? <laughs> He'll always be Pinkus. Is that is that his name from a uh, District Nine? District Nine, yeah. What's his name? Shart Sharto Copley. Is that his? I think that's his role. Yeah. What did yeah. you think of, of of his performance? Um, he was he was all right. I don't know if he's really what I ex- what I pictured for that role, but because you know, um, obviously the guy in the comic book looks more like a knockoff of Superman, Clark Kent, mm-hmm. and he doesn't look like that. So you know, as far as that, um, his performance was all right. But I, I'm also starting to think that maybe he's limited. As an actor, because if you've seen Elysium, you know that was that was, you know. What about eighteen? Just the stinker. What? What about eighteen? When he was on eighteen, he was yeah, Murdoch, he, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was pretty good as Murdoch. I think the show suffered from poor direction. Yeah. I don't think the actors really knew what they were doing. Yeah. I mean, they're actors. They, you know, they. There's a director there for a reason. Right. Um, they, you know, they, they need guidance, and I don't think it had strong direction to guide the actors and how I, to... I, yeah, I, I, could, I would agree with that. It felt like the, uh, the Star Wars prequels. Again, yeah, that's what I was going to say, the directing. <laughs> yeah, you, you have, the actors are just 
on their own out there doing the best they can. Yeah. And, some and, the edit- and, and we'll see the director in the editing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But. So you're going to buy a PlayStation so you can download the rest of these? As a matter of fact, I already own the PlayStation 3, and I watched it on there. Oh, so yeah. look at you. So I, yeah. Okay, so you're going to be our powers correspondent. Yeah. Oh, no. You can watch them all now, Scott. <laughs> no, you know what? I don't know if they're all going to be free like that. I think you have to sign up for their uh, television service or whatever. I think it, it stays like in the PlayStation store, so you have to buy it. Yeah. Oh. So, like, the first one's free, you know. <laughs> get you... You know, get you yeah, on that uh, crazy new drug, you know. Which PlayStation Plus? Is that like a pay service? Yeah, that's that's what it looked like. You know, they they want you to buy like one month, three months, or a year for yeah, different rates. Yeah, no, that's all right. And I don't, I do not see me purchasing any <laughs> any of that for that show. That's quite all right. All yeah. right. Sorry to sorry. But um, eh, yeah. from the studio that brought you Breaking Bad, yeah, that's about <laughs> what? from the building. That's what, yeah, that's how they're building. Yeah, the from building the studio that brought you Breaking Bad. <laughs> so from none of the creative people, from the people that signed the checks, from from the rough uh, area of the city where they brought you Breaking Bad. Yeah. <laughs> from the camera that filmed Breaking Bad. Yeah. <laughs> Presenting the guy who was the best boy on Breaking Bad. Yeah. Is now. On. That, Duke, have you been, you've been watching Better Call Saul? I have, yeah. Your current? Oh yeah. Now, Dan, I don't I don't think you answered this question. You, I've you only watched the first it? episode, so we'll have to curtail the okay. Yeah, uh, I can do BCS that. talk for for and now. You watched Breaking Bad, right? Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> I can say this to Scott, and it doesn't spoil anything. Uh, wow, what a powerful episode last week, huh? Indeed. I think, uh, <laughs> I don't know how this whole award system works for actors, but Jonathan Banks deserves yeah. sort of recognition for that performance. Yeah. That was strong. It's really good, Dan. You're, you should watch I, it. It's, I, I oh yeah, that, no, I'm, I'm gonna be catching whole, up on it. The whole series has been yeah. just top notch. No, I, I actually was surprised. With it. After seeing that episode, I don't know why he wasn't picked up sooner on something else. Yeah. I mean, yeah. oh my God. He was on was, Community. In a, in oh, a different right. kind of role. Hmm? Yeah. Yeah. That's what he was. Now, actually, I say the one you watched, Dan, the, the pilot, and we're talking about pilots and taking a while to get, like, with powers and needed some time to put the pieces on the board. I even felt that way about Better Call Saul. I felt like it was getting a little slow in that first episode. Um, but it was just the time it takes to introduce everybody and get everything in motion. Mm-hmm. And just, like, powers once it did and it picked up, I mean, Better Call Saul just was way better. Oh, yeah. Um, and it, it's, just been leaps and bounds. Good well, job. That, that so. just goes to show the just the the quality of you know the the, the teams behind these shows. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you got a guy like Vince Gilligan running a show, and then you've got whoever is running mm-hmm. Powers, and it's yeah. obviously two. It's like night and day. So, indeed, indeed. Yeah. So, um, hey Duke, we'll have to uh, next week. We'll have to talk about Princess Leia number one. Oh, see that? Yeah, that was going to be my book tonight. But yeah, but we'll have I'm to. Good. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll pick that up next week. Okay. <laughs> if if your computer will let us. Yeah. Yeah. All the updates. You... What? Oh, you're updated. 
Wait, what? You've been updated? Updated. Oh, my God. Yeah, abused <laughs> and updated. Unannounced shutdowns, and then when I start it back up, it's like, oh, hey, you have updates. It's like, what the? <laughs> it did it to me twice. All right. Well, Duke, I'm sorry you weren't on as much as we would have liked, but at least we were all on together for a little bit. <laughs> Thank you for guesting on this episode. And that counts for something. This week. Yeah. 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 Um, so is there anything uh, anybody wants to say before we wrap it up? Pick uh, the Pittsburgh Indie Comics Expo. March right. 28th, 10 South 19th Street in the city Southside district. Free parking and free admission. Yes, food trucks. Oh, yeah, food yeah. trucks. I know you'll be there, Dan Greenwald. Uh, we're excited for the food trucks. You won't come inside, but you'll be out. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, like, I know it's free, but I don't care. He's gorged himself to death on food trucks. Um, hey, and then after that, April 3rd, I will be signing some Puppet Master books. Oh, yes. we should prob- this, Is this the first show since that became news, or did you say that last week? Since, a, since it became official, I think. But, uh, yeah, basically... Um, New Dimension Comics had a contest, and to illustrate the back cover of the new Puppet Master number one by Action Lab Comics, and I won the contest. Woo-hoo. So uh, my my image will be printed on the back cover of the New Dimension edition of Puppet Master number one. Yes, we're very proud of the Duke. That is awesome. Yeah. Only, so only good things from this point forward for the Duke. Hell yeah. That's right. <laughs> Rising star, you know. Yes, congratulations. Uh, I, I, or as I said, I said, hope, you know, hopefully people will notice, you know, that my man, little maneuver at the Battle of Tenab, you know, yeah. <laughs> Lando well, style. Anyway. Is, is it um, safe to say, well, you're now semi-published as well? Yeah. Yeah, that's what the the best part is. Like, wow, well, I actually did and something you else. do... <laughs> it's like pro, you know. Per- go do book signings. Yeah, so Duke's going to be making a... a publicity appearance april 3rd it's a friday it's good friday and um i'll be at the new dimension store in um cranberry from Mm -hmm. 2 p.m to 4 p.m and then i will travel uh to the century 3 store from 6 p.m to 8 p.m i will be there and uh sean gabarine who is the writer of the book he will also be there at both both signings and then on Saturday they have another another day of signings at the other two dimensions, two new dimensional stores. Oh my god! It's so excited you can't even put words together. I draw stuff. I don't talk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he says after two hundred episodes of comic book. Yeah. Now, now you tell us. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Cool. How are you ever going to get a career in broadcasting, Scott? <laughs> That's what we're all here for, right? Yeah. (laughs) Alright, well, I think that about wraps it up for this episode of Comic Book Pit, episode number 196. I'm Dan. I'm the dude. I'm Jared. And we'll see you next week. (laughs) 